Right, so episode 50 went well. That did was it? just it did it went well We're getting oh, cool. good feedback. The artwork apparently is a winner. Yeah. Um does anyone know about the issues around the artwork? Before we get into the issues of the artwork, <laughs> which is we'll talk about that quickly. Today's guest is pretty awesome and I'm super stoked really that it's the first guest that we're going to have in the studio. Yes. I'm also excited. Also a little bit intimidated by this person. Um, her name is Bernadette Torreson. And <laughs> You've been working on that one. Yeah. And the reason I'm intimidated is because she's super impressive and I want to get to know how that woman, the name of Bernadette, <laughs> got to where she is right now because I feel like there's a, there's a strong persona behind it but there's also a lot driving her underneath. We may get to it in the interview. We may not but – we met in this way that was kind of strange, but also one of those weird coalescences in life where you're like, okay, that was kind of meant to happen. Really? Yeah. So we may, get, if we get to that, I'm I'm looking forward to see how you react to that story if we do get to it because it was it was a strange set of circumstances. So. I do want to, yeah, I do want to know because I've I've heard and known a lot about Bernadette, but I've never actually physically met her before, but I just know that she does impressive things around the community. And I like community. So You like impressive things also. And I also like (laughs) impressive things. So, I mean, that's two boxes ticked. (laughs) Two boxes ticked. (laughs) Talking about impressive things, our artwork. Ah, So, I mean, I love where it got to. I'm super stoked. I love everything from the design to the colours to the fact we're both in it and we're both happy with how we look in there. But the first orientation of the artwork was no less graphically impressive, but content-wise, in terms of context of our two personalities, was pretty way off the mark, really, in retrospect. <laughs> and you saw it, and I did it. Yeah, you're you? just like, oh, that's a cool picture. And I looked at it. Same artist has done both pictures, let's just say yeah, Tristan that. Tate. And oh, Tristan Tate. And both of them are impressive pictures. But I felt that the representation of me initially was a little bit off the mark. I felt yeah. like I looked like a serial killer. Yeah. And it was you, much more a caricature than the new one. And I yeah. do believe I questioned it and you said, oh, you do know that uh, caricatures and cartoons are just a higher expression of yourself. And that got me real concerned about what I portray. Yeah. I don't think I would have community. articulated it that way. It's normally. An, no, an exaggeration you did. of a character trait. Yes. And, like a killer. Yeah. And unfortunately, <laughs> in that one, the character trait was your wackiness. Was yes. Just on 100 out of 50. <laughs> yeah. And I, I couldn't see it because I've had them in the past where, or I've seen characters in the past that aren't always that flattering. Yeah. So to me, it didn't register straight away what the issue was going to be. And I looked pretty dumb in that first one, and I think people that know Well, me, I didn't like that either. No, that I, was your actual first complaint. Yeah, I, think. I said, I, you're a smart dude, and I don't like that you're being portrayed silly. And maybe the only silly thing about you is that you're hosting this with me. So. <laughs> well, that was a silly choice, let's be honest. <laughs> but I didn't like that either. So I, I turned into a little bit of a princess. You did. Uh, and we'll talk about this going forward. We'll yeah. put this on the board that you do have more princess tendencies. But in this case, there was nothing princess about it. No. You were right. And I I was way off in wrong territory. It's a cool picture, but I didn't uh, want to be – 
I suppose, putting off anyone from wanting to come on. And I didn't want to stereotype us as as a projection of something. That and we also, weren't. we're not a morning zoo wacky no. kind of crazy sort of that sort of show either. So no. I get what you – and it's just sometimes – when you create something, you have so much sensitivity around every element of yeah. it that when criticism comes from the inside, you just don't expect it. Yes. Because you're like, we're on the same team, aren't we? What the f*** is going on here? That's true. And, and maybe I, I probably just took it too personally and couldn't see it objectively. Yes. And I feel like I do that a little bit with you, so I'm sorry. I do attack us from the inside sometimes. <laughs> it's always unexpected. Like I thought everything was going well. <laughs> then all of a sudden you're like, where did that come from? Like, oh, I've been, been holding this back for a while. I think we're good enough mates now, though, and we're close enough as people. And also we care about the show that I'm also probably not as reserved in saying I don't accept <laughs> I don't, ex- I don't accept your opinion, Mel. <laughs> That's pretty much no, I don't, it. No, I don't accept the portrayal of your opinion because sometimes it's a little bit harsh for the sake of being harsh. <laughs> well, it is. <laughs> and, and you're always so mature, though, and you always go back and you're one of the – something I like most about you, I think, is that you're very quick with the apology – and potentially why you felt a certain way about something at the time and how you can see that maybe it didn't come off right, where some people are just, I said that, it's out there, I've got to hold my ground. Yeah, no, I like to put context around where, because let's be honest, we all know that my brain gets to places sometimes quicker and sometimes in completely different realms to everyone else. So I think I'm well trained in trying to catch people up <laughs> and go, this is how I got to here. Um, you can understand it now maybe, yep. whether it's right or wrong. That's that's how I got to that point. So, yeah. Which is good. I mean, that's only going to be better for the show. Putting context on things. Yeah, yeah. that's yeah. – so, Particularly some, between friends. <laughs> yeah, let's put some context on the guests that we have coming on right after this. Bernadette. She is the founder of the Go magazine and Go Local Media, which was an Aubrey Wodonga-based media company that yep. manifested in a really beautiful physical magazine and then yep. in the Go Local fashion show. Is it Go Fashion Show? Do you know, here's just three words that is on all her sites that I resonate with. Innovation, inspiration, and collaboration. So let's just hear it from her. Let's do it. And if you want to hear lots of people... Just as awesome as Bernadette going yep. forward and help me pay the, for the rent on this studio, <laughs> buymeacoffee.com slash Joshua C. Liston or go to supportpunchingsideways.com and you can click on the button there. Buy us a few coffees or rate and review the show. And we've already got some people that are going to do it in Skype. Yes. <laughs> and Get on or, board the Skype train, guys. And or on their kids' yep. online learning platforms. They're going to be pumping, punching sideways. So. Yeah, cool. Excellent. Let's talk to Bernadette. Welcome back to Punching Sideways. And Josh, this is your studio. This is our studio. But we have a guest in here today, which I'm very excited about. Is this our first guest in the new studio? A first real-life person sitting there on the desk. When our previous human that was in here that we tested with, they weren't alive? 
This is the first one that matters, and I'm very excited about this. Bernadette Torreson. Is that how I say it? You said it beautifully, ah, Mel. Well done. Perfect. Just do it again. Torreson. Okay, yes. she's all over it. Yes. <laughs> now you can sell Welcome, those vehicles. Bernadette. That's it. I'm, I'm going to get a car salesman. <laughs> Thanks for okay. having me, guys. This is so exciting. Do you like the space? I love the space. Well done, Josh. I'm finally here, mate. Yeah. How's that? It's been a while coming because I think you might have been at one point, may have been the first person that was going to see the studio even before Mel did. Yeah, you yes. missed out. Yeah. Yeah, Fun. you were moving in. Funny story. Yeah, I think there was two couches and one broken box at the time, so it wouldn't have been all that impressive. It but. wouldn't have been impressive. And I know that we'd been trying to get you on for a little while, and when we say we, Josh had been trying to organise for you to come up and have a look, and I think I just rang you and said, hey, do you want to come and be on our show? And then you get to see the space as well. I just locked you in for a time and said, this is happening. We were discussing in the pre-interview chatting that Mel has now become the get things done person. Yes. that's if I'm Booking Bernadette, one. great job. Yeah. Telling the neighbour to shh. Yeah. Even better job. Yeah. <laughs> Something that I've been avoiding doing all morning. Speaking of booking, right, you've got a fashion show coming up, which is one of the reasons why, I mean, obviously when you're looking at me, you know that I love fashion sitting here in my flanny and my Sister leggings. is a fashionista in yeah, the flanny. exactly. <laughs> Loving it. So I thought, who better would I get along with than someone who's running a fashion show? So here you are. <laughs> Thank you, Doug. And it's actually happening very soon, actually, the 11th of October. Yeah, yep. And can you just tell me a little bit, like there's a little, there's a lot of backstory that goes into this before we push into the fashion show. But what originally you started a fashion magazine, didn't you? Yeah, so I started the Go Local magazine back in 2015, and um, that was all about you know community, bringing community together, mm-hmm. and offering a platform for our local businesses and artists and musicians to to um, have a voice and you know yeah. for, for us to promote them. And that came off the back of being a creative in a regional town when I was young. There was nowhere to go. Like you had no outlet. Yeah. And it's, it's tough in regional areas. So that was part of the passion. And the other part was just I love people and I love bringing people together. So being in publishing, you know, since in my early 20s, it was just perfect, a good mix. Um, and there's a bit of a backstory to that one too. But anyway, so yeah, so it evolved from uh, from the magazine. And then um, it was about uh, 2018 when things were getting really, you could, I could tell that the market in our retail sector was kind of struggling a bit because yep. a lot of people were going online. And so I thought, how do we help promote regional retailers and designers and milliners and how do we bring them together and give them a space to be seen. And on top of that, how do I bring people together just to have some fun? Like, you know, we for us fashionistas, we've got to go over to Melbourne or Sydney to sit down on a runway yeah. and watch it all happen. And that, that can get quite expensive and timely. So I thought, you know what, just use all my no- knowledge and skills and bring it on over here and the way she went. And now it's, yeah. So what sort of pushback did you come against? up against originally even with the magazine because I imagine starting something like that on your own I imagine would have happened and I've heard that you basically just walked the streets yep and can you just tell me a little bit about how long that took and what you did 
to make this sort of get off the ground. Yeah, you're right, Mel. I did. Um, so I had no financial backing. Yeah. In fact, I was in probably one of the worst financial positions I'd ever been in um, at the time. And I struggled a lot because I got out of a, a messy, um, you know, divorce and lost a lot of money and whatever have you. And it was actually the, based on necessity. It was either do that or I wasn't going to exist anymore was where I was at. And so, yeah, I just found all that empowerment, everything that I possibly could within and and walked the streets literally. I went and saw as many businesses as I possibly could and I told them about the vision and, um, you know, and what I was hoping to do. And at the time I spoke to the councils as well and I said, look, you know, when I sit down and I look at Aubrey Wodonga, firstly we have an issue whereby if you've lived here all your life, you are divided by a river. And I wanted to dissolve that mentality because the reality is we have got so much to offer on both sides of the border. And I think COVID has really shown us that, particularly with our border closures. Like that has been the biggest awakening, I think, for yeah, us. Yeah, it's been tough. Isn't it? Um, so back then, you know, I sort of thought, let's try and dissolve that. But let's also talk about Aubrey Wodonga as being the heart of the region. So we see a lot of people coming around to Beechworth and Bright and they, they really surround us, you know, but we don't we weren't very good at bringing people here into the heart um, at the time. So, yeah, you know, a lot of support from our business chambers and councils and I've had endless coffee dates and appointments and... It took years and years to build the network. So how do you go about, so did you know in your head, so this is how my head works, sometimes something pops in there and I just know that it's good, but to get that idea into someone else's head and get them on board is really hard. You can see the end result play out. How did you get your vision into other people's brains, basically, <laughs> and get them on board with it because sometimes they just can't can't see yes. it. see what you can see with all the bells and whistles and everything going on because it's either work or it's scary because it's new. Like there's all these other different things that come into play. How did you convey that message? Good question, Hunt. Um, oh, look, I think just. First of all, there was, you know, a proposal that I'd put in front of them and a bit of a visual. And I think talking from the heart uh, yeah. and the passion, you know, really uh, I was able to sell that to, to a lot of people. But there were, as much as it was supported, there were a lot of people that didn't. So yeah. a lot of people didn't get the vision and probably still can't. Um, you know, I've I've had a lot of fails and a lot of rejections um, along the way, but I've been very lucky to also have the right support when I needed it, and that's kind of, you know, manoeuvred the publication forward. Um, so that was really lucky. And I think just being a good, honest person too in business, you yeah. know, it's people need to either like you or not. They're going to either trust you or they don't, and that's across the board. And I think, you know, I am who I am and I'm not going to deliver something if I don't believe in it and I'm not going to deliver 100%. You said something interesting in there about how – Beechworth or or a bright yeah. have a certain appeal that yeah. Aubrey Wodonga up until this point in time or when the magazine started didn't have. Is that through lack of embracing the history of Aubrey Wodonga itself? I mean, you did mention that there's 
delineation between the New South Wales side and the Wodonga side, and there is no shared history really besides maybe sporting rivalries, whereas Beechworth has this rich history that they've cultivated. Bright has got this beautiful autumn and spring kind of vibe that they pretty much sit everything on when it comes to promoting the area. I guess when we, if you were to walk into a retailer, can you tell, talk us through, because you keep talking about the vision, but what exactly was that if Mel and I were someone that you were trying to convince? What was that vision? Yeah, so the vision of the publication was yeah. to bring us all together. It was to dissolve the the border issue, that, that line, and to talk about what we have to offer, not only within ourselves as a region and a township, but to Australia. So that's where I sort of went, right, I'm going to promote Albury-Wodonga uh, in regional and metro airport lounges. And then, you know, I was fortunate enough to secure Qantas Business Lounges Australia-wide and whatever have you. So, yeah, Josh, the vision was about building connections between the two cities and and really appreciating each other. So I said just recently with this border closure, for me personally, like I live in Wodonga, but I do a lot of my shopping in Albury and I will dine in both areas. I've heard people that live in Albury, when the borders were closed, I'm like, there really wasn't a lot to do over here. Like we've got shopping, but we couldn't go to Brighton, Beechworth. So it's kind of like this shared, what we what we needed to understand was we're just so lucky. Like we've got all this beautiful space to share, but the division, this mentality of, oh, if you live in Wodonga, you're, you know, not as great as the people in New South Wales. Like that's just, it's such an old school mentality. So was that manifesting in the people you were talking to? 100%. Like why, why would we care about Wodonga or Absolutely. why would we care about the... Yeah. Because yeah. that, it just fascinates me what those conversations were like because you said that you had actual pushback against it or just maybe even worse, just disinterest. Yeah, absolutely. Like that must have been really weird at the time to think, how can you be disinterested in the greater good of the area as a whole? Like I don't know how <laughs> I'd take that. Like it just, <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I mean it takes all sorts for the world to spin around, doesn't yeah. it? It's true though, and I've done it on a very minor level with trying to integrate different brigades within CFA and just said, let's make a community calendar where everyone's involved. And the amount of people that I had to push against just to get that initial idea passed. And then I knew that I had to make it good enough so that, and also being a female in a particularly male, sorry, Josh, but in a, a male dominated industry where you're pushing against higher rung male visions of what should be and shouldn't be happening, you have to deliver a better product to make sure that they are on board. And I knew that I had some good men on my side and some that were against it. But as soon as you delivered your product, I imagine everyone was jumping on board and going, oh, yeah, this is great, and passing it around like it was part of their own thing that they had done. And I remember being very sort of pissed off, actually. (laughs) That one of our fire captains was handing it around to people like in other districts, like it was his, thing. and I was just like, ah, yep. Is it, isn't yeah, that one of was, the, yeah. isn't that part of the challenge of anything that starts from a creative inflection point Yeah, where you're creating something that didn't exist into something that does exist? It is actually part of the process. Just think, okay, that's good. I've actually convinced these people that the idea is good. 
Now, they're going to go and take that like it's their own, but you've got to be kind of happy about it if you want it to spread. I know it's not comfortable in that first moment, but... (laughs) That's true. And I can imagine, Bernie, that um, you went big too. Like, you weren't just doing like a little calendar like I... Can you remember any local media launch? I mean, I guess you would class it as an independent media launch, I guess more so. Can you remember any other than... Bernie's magazine. I can't in the twenty years that I've been here. It, I just remember it being so. I, I've seen like when the copies were coming out originally, and seeing just how well made it was and very professional. And I love tangible objects, and I always like. I still buy the newspaper in a tangible form. So I know at the time potentially, you know, we're moving into a world where a lot of stuff is digital. So I really appreciate the fact that you're still looking at doing tangible things and tangible things like even this fashion show that's coming up. Now, What? how did you feel knowing that you had this fashion show that you've been running and, again, as another community collaboration to bring people together and then potentially with what was going on with COVID wasn't going to be able to happen the way that you wanted it to. Yeah. Oh, look, Mel, I was devastated. And it it was a really hard space to be in over the last six months because, you know, we had our first closure and it was like, okay, there's a bit, there's a glimmer of hope. And a lot of people that are a part of this, like it is a community collaboration and we've got models and designers and so many people are so excited. It's their, their joy. Yeah. And I love delivering joy. Yeah. And so, you know, the first closure happened. They were like, oh, what's happening with the show? You know, are we going ahead? And I said, look, let's just sit on it. You know, we'll be right. I've yeah. got a feeling about this. Yeah. I'm going to be looked after. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I was telling you to Josh earlier, I always have, when I'm on the right path, things just open for me. Yeah. Okay. That's cool. So, um, so I'm like, no, we'll be fine. And then the second hit happened. And I'm like, oh, here we go. And then the border closure. And I'm like, nah. And I was honestly not in a very good headspace. Yeah. Because all year I haven't been able to deliver anything. Yeah. You know, the publication folded because Qantas Business Lounge is closed, advertising plummeted. You yeah. know, it's massive impact. And then we had the the event. So it was it wasn't easy. And look, up until just last week, um, you know, I was biting my fingernails and I actually really got upset because I had a date in my head that I was going to tell everyone whether it was yay or nay. And it was on the 15th of September. And my partner was like, because I just lost it. And I'm like, I can't understand this. This is not right. I just want to do good in the world. And he's like, maybe it's okay. And then the 16th happened. And that was the announcement that they were lifting the border. I'm like, oh, I was out a day. (laughs) I was out one day. I'm like, all right, good on you, buddy. You got me again. So now and then I think just last night, I believe that there's been another lift again. So I'm I'm yet to actually look into it. But, um, yeah, it's great now that we can say that it's actually happening. And it's not in the space that I would have liked to have. Um, You know, we've had to reduce the numbers of people um, that can come to the show um, there's obviously a lot of back-end stuff now that's adding to the stress of it, like this 1.5 metres and, you know, how do, how do we arrange fittings, for example? Like yeah. today one of the emails comes through and one of the retailers said, can you please make sure all your family are located outside of the shop when you're getting fitted um, because we can only have maximum amount of people. So it adds a lot more 
Yeah. Pressure and stress, but at the same token, we've got so many people happy that it's happening. So, how big is your team? So, you you are your own formidable team. I yes. can say that. But how many people are helping you to make this happen? Yeah. So, I'm predominantly the the driver. I've got um my my EA Tracy that helps me. Yeah. Um, I've got a team of about sixty models behind, that will be presenting. We've got seven designers and retailers in yep. total, but I'm pretty much it. It's me, yep. the driving force, you know, pretty much full time throughout the course of the year. Yeah. So I can imagine it would have been like the walls being pulled out from, or the rugs being pulled out from underneath you when this whole thing happened. It's happened with a lot of businesses though, hasn't it? Which also makes what you're doing now even more so important given the tough year I think that everyone's had. It's almost like a, a glimmer of hope yeah. that you can bring to people and bring back a level of normalcy, I believe. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. Mel. And that's what we said, you know, I said, look, this is more, this year it's more than just a fashion show. This is a celebration and it is a glimmer of hope. Yeah. So the way we're theming the SSNA is a, a place fit for a king and queen. Yeah. You know, like really let's make people feel amazing. Let's get them in and feel like this is royalty and yeah. celebrate in the highest possible fashionable way <laughs> ever. <laughs> that sounds so good. So I just want to touch on something that Mel kind of touched on earlier. I can't remember if we were in the pre-chat or at the start of the interview, you mentioned that you had – a bit of a feeling about the physical magazine 2018-ish that things might have been changing. And that's obviously been pulled forward then into COVID. With the, Mel was saying about the tangibility of the object, I think she said to me earlier that going into an industry that's based on something physical, basically for the lack of a better term, analog, it's an analog version of a digital creation, but you've got the analog thing in your hand. That obviously was a pretty brave choice at the time, given that maybe Mel, I think the way Mel put it was that it was a declining or dying industry. Yes, it was a dying industry. 100%. So you're not not averse to making pretty big gestures and big calls. (laughs) (laughs) Like, can you just talk us through maybe that first period? Because I think we might have skipped over what happened maybe with the magazine. Just you said that it folded, but I was hoping if it's okay, we could maybe just talk about the progression of the magazine. She's going to resurrect it. Absolutely, yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, absolutely. So, particularly if we can talk about just what's maybe involved, because the people who listen to this show love it when we get into the nitty gritty on things yeah. and we dig in a bit. Just about maybe the number of choices that people don't realise you have to make just to get a magazine or something yep. analog off the ground these days. I'm assuming it was a big lift. Oh, hundred <laughs> percent. So you're absolutely right. Look, you know, we talked about how I hit the streets and I had to show people a vision. Now. A lot of my throwback was also about, oh, well, why would I invest in a print product when everything's going online and it's digital and we have analytics so we can see who's watching and what's watching, whatever have you. And so my sell was, you're right, you can. On on screen, you know um, how many people are looking, but you actually don't know how many people are engaging in that product. And so one thing I knew was what I was going to deliver was going to look beautiful. And 
people would engage and people would buy the product with intention to read and to and to keep it and to value it. And so I made a very risky choice, Josh, <laughs> to continue on with print. And it's a much more expensive decision yeah. too, you know, like if I told you what my what my print run looked like and the bill, it's not a nice <laughs> bill to get at the end. But but the reason being is I wanted it to be of value because for me, people are very, very valuable, more than the dollar. Yeah. And this product was based on that too. For me, it was about creating a platform to show the value of the people and the and the region in something beautiful. So it was going to feel beautiful. It was going to look the part and people that bought it and invested in it, they would feel the value of flipping through the pages. Yeah. And to this day, I have so many people say that they've kept every single collection. Like it's a keepsake, which is fantastic. But going back to, you know, the decisions that needed to be made. So I had to be clear that I wanted it to be a tangible product. It had, you know, then we had go through with what does the pages feel like? What's my GSM? You know, there's a mix in that as well. You know, is it, I went with a particular type of satin. Um, So, you know, you've got all those decisions you've got to make. And then where is it available? And how is it available? What's the price point? You know, if you go $15, is that too high? You've got to make money on the thing as well. As it was, you know, I probably didn't I'm not a very good businesswoman, let's just say that. I think I should have probably charged a hell of a lot more. I can't remember. I remember I purchased a few of them because I think Deb Woodall might have had a few articles in there and she was someone that we used to DJ things that I used to go to. I remember it was tactile in a way that other things around here weren't. Do you think that maybe you – did you undervalue the physical item? Yes, I did, 100%. Because I think in that kind of niche and with that kind of beautiful product, I think a high price can sometimes add prestige. Yes. I think, look, I I went into the market wanting to deliver um, something that everyone had access to. And so for me, I had, you know, I spoke to a few uh, news agents and asked them what their price point, their best price, best price point was. And they were like, oh, $10 is usually a really good entry mark because people can just, you know, it's a $10 note or it's just a rounded figure. So I went more along their advice than doing facts and figures. And it's all good because I think at the end of the day, you get to a point in life where you go, you know, I have visions and I can do amazing things. i got to get better at accounting. And (laughs) And sometimes it's not actually about the money. So I'm not personally driven by money. I'm yeah. p- driven by what I can do. You're not. That's why you're on the show because <laughs> I'm not either. <laughs> no, I know. We're all the no, same. I know. But I'm, <clears throat> I'm, I can sort of reconcile what you're saying is I I think for you it was more about getting that across the line. More people can touch it. More people can see how good it is. Yeah. And it's not necessarily about what you what you get out of it is the warm, fuzzy, feel-good Yes. feelings that you're helping people. It's not about the, the coinage. The coin part, that hurts further down, <laughs> yeah, the, it does. further down the line. <laughs> but that's not the intention necessarily when you come up with these great ideas, I Absolutely, imagine. Absolutely, Mel. That's, exactly. That's what hurts later, later on. Later on, <laughs> yeah. exactly. Yeah. Huh? You know, when COVID yeah. happens, yeah. you go, damn it, I should have yeah. yeah. spent. Yeah. Sometimes 
have struggled to articulate this to Mel, but she has asked me in the past, before Mel was on the show, back when it wasn't as good, she asked why I decided for it to be local. Because it's a pretty strange, usually the benefit of a podcast is that it can potentially be global as opposed to local. And really the genesis of this show came from, of all things, a, a really... It's kind of a niche TV show called Republic of Doyle, which is about this tiny little part of the world in Canada. And their show was basically like an entertaining love letter to the region. Everything about it just breathes the city that it's filmed in. The the accents, the words, like they speak a funny version of English, to be honest, it's pretty entertaining. But that was what I wanted to do with Punching Sideways. And you probably did that to an even grander level of something that basically what I wanted to do, and I've tried to get, I'm struggling again to get it out, but I wanted to create something regionally that people can't listen to and think, oh, that's just a regional creation. Yes. That it's as good as anything that's made anywhere. And I think that you obviously managed to do that because went beyond the area into the Qantas Lounge and things where they've got a choice of anything they want to put in there. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. Was that that something you were focused on and making it? Because sometimes I think people that are regionally based limit their – decision on how good they want something to be because it it only has to be good enough for the region. Yes, absolutely. Um, I think my my intention at the time wasn't for it to get as big as it became, but my intention was to deliver something beautiful because I believe that our community deserve that. And that's my level of um, delivery anyway. Like I'm not ever going to do anything if I can't do it 150%. Level of delivery. I can see why you're a fan. That's that sounds like something Mel would say. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Should be squirrel that one away. That'll come out, and I'll act like it's something profound yeah, out yeah, of you my mouth up further down the track. <laughs> <laughs> you, you've got it, darling. It's all yours. You can take. Um, so yeah. So I think you know. So when it came to the market, it was actually quite interesting. I had so many people say, "Oh, is this done here in Albury Wodonga?" And I'm like, yeah, like we've got a local team. Like these, as you know, yeah. Deb was one of the writers, amazing young woman, and um, all local writers, local photographers. Yes, it was, yeah, you know, printed here locally, and we had, um, you know, our graphic artists here, and it was just, I think, it was a really interesting time because it felt like people didn't realise how much talent we have in our region. And I still hear that today. Like I hear some people sort of like to go out of town, like Melbourne or Sydney, to get jobs done, particularly in media or graphics or whatever have you. And it's it can be very disappointing to hear that because we have got an abundance yeah. of artists here and creatives. And they're all so beautiful to work with too. Like one thing I found working in our local space is you've got so many people that want to give. And they want to be part of something. And before Go was born, there was nothing for anyone to be a real part of. Yeah. Um, And so that was around, well, to me, in my mind, that was contemporaneous with the Border Mail basically abandoning. I I don't know. I don't like, but they basically had to, for whatever financial reason, there was no what's on Thursday stuff in the 
Because yes. they've done the figures. Yeah. Yeah, they've got the accountants. They've got the accountants. Get the Bernie, bed. Bernie's here like, I don't understand any of this. I'm just going to make this happen again. Yeah. So. Let the girl from Griffith do that. Yeah, yeah. She's Which, <laughs> this actually brings me to the question. You just mentioned in Griffith. Where did this love of Aubrey Wodonga and the surrounds come from? Yeah. Because you're not from here. No, yeah. So... Tell me about this. Look, I um I remember the first time I visit Aubrey was when I was at high school and we came to the the old art centre. And I had this absolute love for the main street there and then, because in Griffith we don't really have a lot of beautiful old buildings like yep. we do here in Aubrey. And um I was oh God, I would have been probably about sixteen, I think. And I just remember thinking, wow, I couldn't believe that this city yep. was three hours away from Griffith. And I just remember thinking, oh, one day I'm going to live there. Really? Yeah, I did. How weird's that? That's so cool. Yeah, and so years have passed and I've moved to Melbourne, Canberra, Sydney, and I met my ex, well, my ex-husband yeah. now, but um, my partner at the time, and he was a Wang boy. Yeah. And so, um, and I'd actually come up because I used to uh, manage models. Yeah back in Griffith many years ago and after I had released my very first magazine. So I re- released a magazine in Griffith when I was in my 20s. Yeah. And this is where, you know, I've got the publishing background yeah. or whatever have you. And so I met um, Sam and then moved up here and I just fell in love with it. Like I said, you guys are so lucky. I don't, I just, even when I first moved here, I actually wanted to start the magazine back then. Really? Yeah. yeah. And he's like, I don't think it's going to ha- get legs. Like yeah. it's a different type of community than what Griffith is. And I'm like, I don't understand that. Why, why wouldn't it succeed? Which now when I think, you know, back. It would Wrong person sense. in your court. Yeah. Yep. I <laughs> you can know, see it straight. Exactly. Yeah. You know, yeah. sister. Yeah. Um, but, oh, dear. But it's it's sort of like, you know, and back then it would have made sense to actually launch the magazine yeah. because it was print yeah. back then, you know. Yeah. It was like 2000, early 2002 or something. And print was very much alive. But, yeah, so anyway, and I, and I just remember thinking, wow, you know, you're three hours away from Melbourne. We've got the snow just up the road. We've got this beautiful lake. You've got these gorgeous buildings. Yeah. You know, it was buzzing and that was around the time too, I think, like the CSU still had the campus um, in town. In town. Yeah. Yeah. So there was just this vibe, you know, yeah. and I just fell in love with it and I have ever since. You know, I, I just think we've got so much here to offer. Um, but one thing I did discover was we were lacking this community connection. Yeah. And I don't mean that by any disrespect. I mean, there is obviously levels of it, um, but, you know, I, I would like to think that COVID is going to build a real strong foundation now, yeah. particularly with what's happened with the border closures. I feel like perhaps people are going to start valuing each other a little bit more, and I hope that that, that is the case because moving in from Griffith, there's not much over there, but one thing they have is they know how to support each other. Yeah. And even to this day, if you go back over, you know, they've got, it's a thriving little buzzy town and they have to be because they're so disconnected, I guess, you know, Walker's two hours away, but they know how to support each other. But even, I mean, my experience mostly in that part of the world was Wagga, my old cover band slash original bands over the years played there a couple of times a year minimum. Yeah. I used to notice that all of the bands would watch all the bands in Wagga. Like half the crowd was made up of other bands. Yes. And I think it was because 
there wasn't another city on the other side of a river and there wasn't Melbourne a few hours away yeah. like there is here. They were very much supporting each other in a way I hadn't seen in Albury. Yeah. And I used to say to them, wow, the nightlife is way better up here than Albury for bands and yeah. for musicians. And the guys in Wagga used to be like, what are you talking about? You're only a few hours from Melbourne. I'm like, yeah, but that, now that you've said that, that might have been part of the issue yes. was that people weren't really focused at all about supporting people right around them. They were always thinking. We've got too many options here. Too many options. That yes. we don't probably give enough recognition to do you, what we Do you have. think by extension what you were saying, Bernadette, that maybe COVID will make people realise that some more community would be a good thing here? Do you think that will flow on to people? Because another thing that Wagga does that just going back to bands is when mm. there was a band on it was always supported by people. You wouldn't put an event on and then have no one turn up. Yes. Whereas sometimes it feel, feels like getting people out of their house here. Um, I live over in Wodonga. I'm not going to something in Albury. Yes. Mate, it's it's closer than White Box Rise Culls. <laughs> like to get to East Street. Yeah, like, absolutely. There's some weird barriers in people's heads when it comes to effort around here. There to really support stuff. is. And there really is. And, and Josh, you're right. And this is where, you know, going back to the magazine, I really wanted people, I just wanted, I wanted to dissolve that. Um, you know, and this, um, this whole mentality of, of oh, I'm not going to cross over. I've, I've experienced that too. You know, it's like even with the fashion show, um, last year we had it at the promenade and it was stunning. Like yeah, if you it's get on, over there. yeah. And if you get on the, um, onto our Facebook page and have a look at how we created that space, all the guests, and I and I can say all because they all came up and congratulated me. Yeah. They said that was something that you would have seen over in Milan. Like it was next level and it was. Yeah. But a lot of people were wouldn't didn't come over from Albury because it was in Wodonga. Yeah. And, you know, they're like, oh, it's a bit too far away. I'm like, but you'll drive three hours down the road to Melbourne, bypass Wodonga, to go shopping or to support something over there. And that's great. That's fine. Yeah. But don't tell me that a, a trip over a bridge is too far away to yeah. support something. It's not, uh, you know, I'm not. It's not made out of two matchsticks either. No. It's you not know, like a coffee. Yeah. yeah <laughs> you know, and, like, you know, that, that's that whole, um, oh, you know, they're the poor cousin or whatever have you. You know, we've, we've really, sense. we've got to really dissolve that mentality so that our kids can have a chance at getting ahead as well because the reality is Wodonga is beautiful. They've got some amazing spaces that you can take the kids out, you know, walking tracks and whatever have you. They're really building up the CBD there. Junction Place is beautiful, you know, you've got the likes of Miss Emily and whatever have you there. You know, so it's a really happening place. Not to say that Aubrey's not because it is too here. So why are we not just using both spaces and loving both? Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It, is, it does blow my mind that you can drive from Thaguna to Wodonga a lot quicker sometimes than you can get from Central Albury yes. to Wodonga. Like they are so close to each other with now the Bandiana Link and all those other. It's easy. But like you were both saying, I don't understand it either, why, why there is just this. It's it's almost like the rivalry thing too. Yeah. That people just need to get out of their own heads and Yeah. And you're doing a good job at that. Oh, thank well, you. Mel. I, well, hope, I hope so. <laughs> I'm trying. Yeah. I'm trying, honey. I'm punching on. <laughs> so the fashion show. Yes. What can we expect from this? Oh my goodness. So we have got um a beautiful designer by the name of Daniel Lemont Smith. He's coming down from Sydney. Yeah. Uh 
the the sad thing going back to you know what where I was at a few weeks ago yeah. was a lot of our designers that were coming from Melbourne. Unfortunately, as we know, they're yep. not allowed to leave Melbourne, yep. so they've all dissolved. But we have all of our New South Wales people on board, which is yep. fantastic. So we get to see um, absolute glamour. We get red carpet outfits, wedding outfits. So it's a really great opportunity for people that are planning ahead for their wedding to come yep. and have a look. Um, spring racing. So if the Aubrey Gold Cup goes ahead, great, you know, for people to come and get inspired about what does 2021 look like. Yeah. Um, we've got some amazing milliners, um, accessories. We've got a lot of retailers on board this year as well for both men and women. Yeah. So you can the, – the great thing about the Go Fashion Show is it's not just about one type of genre – of outfit. You know, we mix everything in. So you are there watching it all. It's the wedding, it's the red carpet, it's your day wears, it's absolutely everything for men and women. The other thing that I love about the show is that they're not all six foot, you know, size six models. And I've done that on purpose because I really, I I dislike the whole um, mentality that that industry can carry, which is, you know, the absolute glamour pusses and, you know, you've got to be a particular size and weight and whatever have you. And I'm an advocate for women and men embracing themselves in their absolute beauty. We're born perfect. And, you know, and I love when I get a request for someone to be a model um, and they go, oh, but am I too small? I'm like, darling, you're just beautiful. No. So for me, it's an opportunity for all ages, all sizes to get on a runway, wear something amazing, feel beautiful and shine. And I love that. You know, that's what I'm, I get yeah. to deliver back into the community is to give people that, that moment of glory, yeah? Um, and, wow. yeah, and the, and the one thing that really makes me so happy is when we do our rehearsals, you know, like a you see the, these young girls have never done it before and they're sort of slouching over and, you know, they, got, they don't have too much confidence. And I'm like, you know what, honey, I just want you to close your eyes and think about how beautiful you are. Like in your mind, you are that good. And now I want you to walk with that. And the changes you see just in the way they deliver themselves. Like I'm about to tear up because it's yeah, just so beautiful. Yeah. I know because they're just – because it really has an impact on them, you yeah. know, and then they carry themselves thereafter. And I just think it's beautiful. So above, you know, showing fashion, yeah. I'm showing, oh, I'm giving people an opportunity to shine. And that, that to me is just like, well, you Aww. know, why wouldn't you? <laughs> no, I, I like you. I'm, just <laughs> I'm not a real teary person, but the fact that you are now just – to give context to everyone, getting very emotional about the fact of bringing joy to others and it's invoking this feeling within you that it's it's totally not about you at all. It's about no. everyone else and what you can do for them, which is <laughs> a very admirable trait to have that's not often seen like normally down the street like at all so well done to you for that (laughs) i was gonna ask whether i would be able to model next can we just table (laughs) i would table mel because we want to put mel through the bernadette evaluation (laughs) see if you can make her more confident uh can we just knock off the actual real specifics times costs uh the actual date if there's anything that people need to know because of 
just stuff to do with COVID if they need to be aware of that sort of thing when it comes, you know, with how many people they can come with, if it has to be family, et cetera. Absolutely, Josh. So it's October the 11th. Just, sorry, and anyone who's listening obviously realise that it's probably best to keep an eye on the page in case these details do change. Do change. Give us your social page. So, yeah, so it's Go Fashion Show, um, which is our Facebook page, and that's where we'll make all of our announcements if things do change. But at this point in time, it's October the 11th, and that won't change uh, at four o'clock. We're holding it at the SSNA Auditorium, which is on level one. Um, we do have limited tickets because we've had to restrict it. So what people will see is, you know, their 1.5 metre seating. Yeah. It's uh, it uh, The cost is $85 for, for the ticket, which um, is, you know, complimentary glass of champagne and the entertainment. But you can also get Lux VIP tickets as well where you can – book five to ten people in your own group yeah. and then we section that off. And we're looking at trying to get a little bit more entertainment as well on the day because, like I said, I wanted it to be a bit of a celebration about lifting COVID. Um, as far as, you know, people, what they will need to understand is they will need to sign in. You know, we, we were asking if you're feeling even slightly unwell, yeah, please stay home. Yeah. You know, if you've... And I know, you know... We've come this far. That's exactly so, right. Yeah. And look, and I get that we've got hay fevers and there's all sorts of different things, but yeah. let's be honest, we don't want someone coughing and splattering just down, Yeah. you know, so... And, and, I've, and I've made that clear um, on the ticketing and said, look, we're happy to refund if you show us that, yeah. you know, you, you're unwell, that's fine. But yeah, you know, what to expect? There's over 100 garments that will be on the catwalk. Wow. Yeah. we've Like I said, we've got up to 60 models yeah. on the day. Cool vibes, you yeah. know. We've got the beautiful champagne, the canapes, um, red carpet experience. Can anyone come? Absolutely. Anyone can come? Absolutely. Is there a dress code? Oh, yes, there is. No, okay. I've got to put that on there. Yeah. So, yeah, um, it's it's uh, not not evening wear, but I would say cocktail wear. Like, oh. come, you know, come yeah. dressed up. Come and... Come dress there like you want like to celebrate. You, absolutely, yeah. yes. Yeah. So cocktail dress. For no other reason, you don't want to be the one person in that room that's wearing their third best flanny. This is my best. This is my that's best. That's a best flanny, by the way. This is my best flanny. <laughs> but this is how gorgeous this girl is. Yeah, like She can actually rock a flanny. Yeah. Like, who can do that? Yeah, there's, it's, it's very few. Seriously? Yes. <laughs> okay? Yeah. <laughs> so we'll include all of those details in the notes. And if yeah. they do change and you're listening to this, I'll make the changes to the notes in, that are going along with the show. Can we put Mel through the ringer now? Absolutely. Do you want to? Yeah. 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 Yep. Done. How can we make this better? I mean, this doesn't just happen, guys. Can, can I ask, <laughs> just on gut feel, Bernadette, yes. when you, now that you, you obviously know Mel, we're getting to know about her, you've now been looking at her for an hour. Poor thing, what, I'm sorry. What do you look at her and think she would be good at modelling this? What's your first <gasps> reaction when you say Oh, it? honey, I see you in evening. Oh, golly. Yep. I can't even get a real good swear word out because <laughs> I'm in shock. Do you know, I will say it makes me very uncomfortable to wear a dress because I, I actually am uncomfortable with that attention. So in evening wearing that where I'm all exposed and that, I, I it's, it's a very vulnerable place. So I can see why you have to chat to your models and bring them out of their shell because to me I'm sitting here in my flanny and I can be my best self because it's almost like a like a cloak like an invisibility cloak that I can just blend in and use my voice to just go blah, 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 blah. but if I was 
sort of showing bits of skin in that. I'd have to act like a lady. <laughs> you I might act- have to do my hair. Well, can someone else do my hair? Someone for else would do oh, your well, hair, darling. How's that? Yeah. If someone can do my hair, then, 100%. then I could potentially do evening wear. So not active wear? I know Bernadette did comment on your active. Is there is there any room for active wear in the scene that you're talking about at any point? Because I mean, it's yeah, such a, such a yeah. huge thing, a thing now. It yeah. is. Well, look, we actually had two Australian designers lined up for active wear, and unfortunately, so this is what a lot of people don't see. Yeah. Um, so unfortunately, they're in Melbourne. Yeah. And so they can't come yeah. over. And I just got off the phone the other day to one of the designers and some of his stock come up come it's designed here in Australia, yeah. but they get it manufactured over yeah. in Bali. And so this is all behind the scenes. Yeah. yeah. What we don't see is Bali closed down for their spiritual week. Yeah. Because of COVID, Bali had an extra week put on top of that uh, yeah. closure. Yeah. They're now also talking apparently about restricting it over there as well. So it's put a lot of pressure on yep. delivery and manufacturing and whatever have you. Yep. So the ramifications is now that good old, you know, designer in Melbourne has no stock, yep. which means I don't have anything to put on the catwalk for him. Yeah. So we had to pull that as well. Because originally I said to the guys, why don't you just send your stock over to me? Yeah. And, we'll, okay. and yep. I'll take care of it for you because I, I want as many people on the catwalk as I can. It's all about showing them. Yeah. yeah. And uh, they were like, you know what, we would have loved to, but we don't even have enough of a range. Oh, wow. So this is what COVID's done in the yeah. fashion industry as yeah. well. You know, I've got even some of our locals that usually come on board. Um, they have been just in a really, you know, some in a bad headspace, others just so flat out with making masks yeah. that they don't even have time in, to make and create their, their gowns that they usually do. Yeah. So it's... Been a really tricky year, yeah. In yeah, in the fashion industry, and I will say that I've known that active wear was going to be fashionable my whole life. <laughs> I've just been waiting for everyone else to jump on board. Yeah. I'm a bloody innovator. You are. Sister, look at you. <laughs> I'm just owning it. Flannies will be flannies came you're back a, into fashion. You're a definitely a stick with it kind of person. Yeah, I, I was in progressive rock bands my whole life. Yeah. Got out of being in bands in 2013, yeah. 2015, 16. All of the big heavy rock bands were all super progressive and I was already out. If they're running and you've just stuck with the, the trend long enough. Well, I relate to you. But I'm authentically me and I'm not going to try and pretend that I'm someone else by following what other people are doing. And if this is what I like to wear, then this is what I'm going to wear because that makes it. me happy. And yeah. I, it's my best self. So that's it. And take you rock what, it. T- take what you, <laughs> you like it or you don't like it. And if you don't like it, that's just unfortunate for you. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> really honey, right. just lay me out. That's yeah, exactly, exactly right. That was a very they polite do. FU. <laughs> Not to me, but to whoever you're talking to. Yeah. Well, that sounded yeah. awfully specific to somebody. No, no. So, and, and it's it's just a thing that people sometimes, and like Bernadette, even with you just running with your fashion show and everything, which is unheard of around here, people are afraid of what's different. Yes. And what's new and what isn't, like, ingrained. So they can sometimes often attack or try and pick apart yes. things that, that aren't sort well, of just, just in the, mainstream. I'm not, I'm not sure if what you're doing is reflective of what most fashion shows are like, but it seems like body type-wise and also range-wise or whatever you call it, a group of a selection of clothing for a fashion yeah. show, 
it seems like it's much more accessible to the everyday person yes. than maybe I expected. Yes, it is. Okay. Yeah, it really is. And I think, you know, a lot of uh, mothers uh, from these beautiful young women have, are so proud and happy to have their daughters yeah. be part of it. Yeah. Because they see that. They see the delivery and, you know, they've come up to me often and said, you know, Benedict, you're such a, an inspiration to our, our daughter um, and thank you for letting it be safe to embrace her yeah. for who she is. Yeah. And you're right, Mel, like a lot of people, they when it's different, a lot of people get very frightened of that. Yeah. And even for myself, I mean, you know, I've got a great following, but there's a lot of people that want knock me down too, you know. Yeah. I've got tall poppy syndrome happening all the time. Yeah. <laughs> um, and and it, again, it's because I, I'm the black sheep, yeah, and yeah. I do things that are different and I do things that are grand and, you know, and people can be very frightened of that. Yeah. And irrespective of whether I am successful or not, it, if it threatens their mind, then I'm a threat. Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Um, and, and it's a horrible space to be in when you're built like this where all you want to do is give and love people and then you get these people that won't support you or they try to knock you down or they're sabotaging you. And trust me, if I told you some stories, you'd be like horrified <laughs> of the type of bullying I've had to face over the last five years. Enough that I reckon it would have broken some people. But I'm just very lucky that I am who I am. Do you find that with going against the grain, right, and people will come out of the woodwork and try and pick all that apart, it's it's obviously it is a threat to them. And the bullying part, well, obviously it's more about them and where their insecurities lie than what is the overreaching issue and the I often think that I'm surprised by what can come out of people because it's not in your nature. Yes. So do you think it hits you even harder because you're going out there with the best intentions? This is what I want to do because this is good. This is a good thing. This isn't like a I'm going out to make it money off everyone. We've discussed that. <laughs> and then all of a sudden just this negativity comes and you almost get blindsided. It happens to me a little bit, and I'm not saying that on the scheme of what you, but you're just like, I did not see that coming. Even though it's a repetitive cycle, because it's not ingrained in your head as a natural behaviour, it's often just a bloody slap Slaps in the you. face yeah. every time it comes. You're just like, oh, how did – I don't even understand how they got to that point. <laughs> And to try and pick that apart then and go, oh, I don't know, how do I understand that process or how that person got there? But well done to you for pushing past that. But that's just how I see it is that sometimes when you, you've got that pure intention, yes. it can just come at you from nowhere if you'd, you it just, can oh. Yeah, it hits you for a six mil. You're right, honey. And so I think I said to you when we first had our, had our conversation, yeah was I've got this theory, and I say it all the time, I don't compete. Yeah. I collaborate. Yeah. So, you know, and I did that when I came to the market um, with Go Fash- uh, sorry, Go Local Magazine. I actually reached out to all the mediums in media, yeah. and yeah. I said, hey, I'm Bernadette. I'm going to have a magazine. How can and we now- work together? And they looked at me like I was a psychopath. <laughs> They're like, who's this woman who's meant to be my competitor yeah. wanting to work with me? See, I didn't come into the market thinking that. Like when I went to the radio stations, te- television stations, yeah. even to Border Mail. Yeah. 
you know, I spoke to them about how can we work together because I've got a message that I want to send and yeah. that's bringing everybody together. Yeah. We can't do that if if we're not playing nicely. Yeah. yeah. You know, so in my mind it was it was completely innocent. Made, and, and made, made sense. sense. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so a lot of people, you know, obviously didn't come on, but then some did, which was fa- fabulous. And they saw the value in collaboration. Yeah. And so I came up with this thing, and I, and I stay very strong in it, is that I don't compete with anyone, not women, yeah. not in business, not in anything. I am who I am. Yeah. I'll stand strong in this. If you want to compete with me, you're wasting your time, but I will collaborate with you. Yeah. And that's it. And so I think, you know, if there's anything that I want to sort of a message to send out to anyone who feels like they're always got that yeah. struggle, don't even compete. Don't even run the race. Yeah. You just don't, who are you going to, who are you impressing? Yep. You don't have to, you know. On that note. That's a good note. <laughs> give us give us your your platforms again so everyone can get on board and not compete, just collaborate and support you. Oh. Um, and we can all get around to the fashion show. Or oh, I would today. love that. So we start the fashion weekend off on um, Friday the 9th. Yeah. So we have got a launch party at yep. the Fabric, um, which is at Aubrey McCure. So that starts at five o'clock and that's just a great opportunity for whoever wants to come, buy a ticket, champagne, canapes, meet the designers, have a look at what the new season looks are. Um, for some people that may want to get fitted, that's their opportunity to get fitted by the designers on the night. There'll be some funky beats, cool. um, just, you know, food throughout the night, just something really different. Yeah. So that's how we open um, our fashion weekend. Saturday, we'll all be frantic. Yeah. So just everyone rest up because on Sunday, we have our fashion show at the SSNA from 4pm cool. on the 11th, legs 11. <laughs> cool. Cool, cool. So get onto your, your social page. Yeah. So it's Go Fashion Show. Or go local media, so jump on both of them and we'll okay. update it. And um, yeah, excellent. Thank you for being our first guest and being awesome, <laughs> Bernadette Torreson. Oh, I love it. Thank, Thank you for having us oh, in your space. Yes. Oh, you beautiful. Thank you, guys. Just truly very grateful. Oh. You're just stunning. Thanks, guys. What are they called? The pianola pianos where they scroll ah, all along. That's a deep reference. <laughs> yeah. He said, I'll tell you a story about pianola pianos. My gran had one and used to set it up and like push the pedals hardcore when everyone else was at dinner and that. And I remember one time sitting there and putting books or something either side of my feet so that no one could see my feet. Right. And then just sitting there going, like, like Pav- oh, not Pavarotti. What, who's a... Pavarotti would have been interesting. Who's a Chopin? Chopin, I was pretending I was Chopin and, and it was fun. I was trying to quickly gauge where the keys were going down because when you have... Have you ever seen a pianola? Uh, when you're, when, when is, you're yeah. pushing the pedals, the keys start to go down as they get played. Yeah. So I was quickly trying to... I was like five. <laughs> And thought that I had everyone bluffed. It's well, good. it's more believable than, hey, Nan, yeah. I'm a fat Italian opera singer. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. That is Because you don't really resemble a Pavarotti type. Uh, no, no. But it I doesn't do, matter I do what have Chopin a loud looked voice. like. <laughs> Chopin looked more like you than Pavarotti. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> so that's a good way to get back into. Bernadette mentioned that she has Italian heritage. She did. Yeah. And I'm always interested in there's so much mythology around that Italian 
Griffith New South Wales history, yeah. which we managed to not even delve into, which is probably best because most people that are actually from there are like, most of that's made up. Yeah, that's true. And also, she did she did mention her Italian heritage because earlier she'd said how she doesn't have gluten or anything anymore, so she's pretty much a Was ter- that on the mic? <laughs> no, <laughs> terrible Italian. Have I told you that I think I've, other than a barbecue where I felt like I would, would be a social pariah if I didn't have a yeah. sausage and bread? I haven't had a piece of bread for four months. Fist bump. Fist bump. And had- I was consuming more bread up until that point over the preceding two or three years and I probably on a daily basis yeah. than I ever have. Yeah. I was basically eating myself to death with death with bread. It's just a real clogging thing, isn't it? Well it's also like It's high in sugar was the thing that I was trying yeah. to cut out. And I thought, well what's the biggest source of sugar in my diet? Is probably bread. Yeah. So okay. that was the main reason I cut it. But We've talked about how I used to, and I always have had big crashes in the afternoon where I don't feel productive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Three o'clock, we weren't allowed to do anything after yeah, three. But I've, I've realised that about myself, particularly in my old job, because I was by myself and I was essentially most of the time in charge of my own time. Yeah. I would feel myself almost crashing into the keyboard, like micro sleeps yeah. at about two or three in the afternoon, and then between four and five, yeah. I would do more work than I usually would do for the whole day. Yeah, right. But I'm having no crashes. That's good. Are you a believer, though, where I'm trying to get to is? You're a believer. <laughs> Not a believer. <laughs> believer. You look like a believer. You look like a grown-up believer. I'm One of those people that's fringed too old I'm for a, it. I'm a little groupy. No. With the right makeup and the yeah. right outfit, the right flatty. <laughs> this is the right flatty. That is I a believe. nice one. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> the Just the going... Cold turkey, I guess is the expression. Yeah. Like as someone that's worked in helping people with their bodies in the past when you're doing physio yeah. work and strapping and all that sort of stuff. So you've got some knowledge of the health space. Yeah. What's your feeling on people just going cold turkey on things? On sugar? Or just anything. Like do you have a feeling on cold turkey? Like when you plan to make a change in life, Mel, do you just go? I'm a bit all or nothing. Me you too. Know, you know that with me. Yeah. Uh, I don't think it's effective – for everyone, and I've also had to say it's an exercise thing. I'll tend to go like a million miles an hour and just load more and more and more on. So I have to pair that back because your body can't recover. With cutting stuff out, I've tried in the past cutting everything out, and it's also effective. You go through that that initial like, uh, I feel crap. Yeah. Pretty much. Well, I I felt like a zombie for a couple of weeks after yeah. my just cutting bread out because yeah. I guess it was giving me so much sugar spike all the time. Well, your body has to adjust. But here's the thing, right? If you're an alcoholic, you can't just pair it back. No. Well, like you have to cut it out cold turkey. Yeah. I think it's just all relevant to how you operate. And I, I do believe, though, if you do go cold turkey and you, you slip – to try very, very hard not to go, oh, throw your hands in the air, throw your toys yeah. out of the cot and go, that's it, I'm done. <laughs> but yeah. I will say as well, if you do go cold turkey on something, you will feel the immediate bad effects of what you put into your body if you've got a complete clean slate. So I know for me, I don't drink alcohol and I am so heightened and aware to the after effects of that 
now, like for the week after, because it's not in my body all the time. So I, I'm super sensitized to that. Whereas I think if you're taking it on all the time, you don't sort of know what good can feel like. Yeah. Would that, yeah. Would that be right? I think I, I do agree. And obviously for anyone that's listened this far into the episode and it's like, what are, are these guys becoming doctors after talking about fashion shows? I'm, we're talking about things that obviously only have a mild level of biochemical addiction. Yeah, yeah. We're not talking about highly addictive things. No, so. no, no. Um, yeah. But how I'm kind of thinking about Bernadette made reference several times to the amount of investment that it took to pull this show off. Yeah. There is, and I know just from different parts of my life where I've got really obsessed with something creative Mm -hmm. that I've had to cut out a lot of different things, including certain people out of my life. Yeah. And not everyone is supportive of when you go cold turkey because their instant reaction is, oh, that's stupid. It will fail if you do that. Well, I think that's more a perception of them. Correct. Than it is of you. and Because people don't like to think that you're capable of just changing. Like a lot of people don't want you just to be able to go, okay, I'm sick of that behaviour. I'm changing. Here's (laughs) what it is. A lot of people don't want to reflect on what's going on in their lives too much. (laughs) So if you're the one that you can go out and drink with and everything all the time and then all of a sudden you can go out and not drink, then that person will potentially try and push you to drink to make them feel better about their own choice or will feel uncomfortable around it, which is all about them. It's... So I've found it with like my dietary stuff from when I got really sick and I can barely sort of have much solid food at all, which limits a lot of social interactions because most people will come out for dinner. After. But most of my supportive group just take that as part of the parcel. Yeah. <laughs> so, and it's, I mean, if you've got an issue with that, that's your issue because yeah. I'm happy to come out with you and socialise and everything, but it's more about how your perception of it is than what it, how it affects me. Well, my no bread moment has been the first time, the entire time where I felt confident that I'm going to stick out. I love the, it. The increased activity, but also refining my diet down. Do you know what's funny? The Well, funny to me. I know some other people operate in a different way and they're like, oh, I'll just go and exercise and then I can have all this food. Yeah. Whereas I'm so much more in tune with everything that's going into my body when I'm exercising and working hard because it's counterproductive otherwise. I'm like, why am I doing all this effort? Yeah. (laughs) um, I I call that the... Ovens and Murray footballer effect. And stick with me here. I used to know a few pretty high quality football players through female housemates dating a couple of these guys. And maybe they weren't at old M level, but dating or liaising, liaising, dating okay. slash having short. I've worked with a lot of old M footballers, yeah. and I would say liaising, <laughs> liaising. Over maybe, maybe, that's, maybe that's generous, <laughs> yeah. but obviously they're not super elite. Athletes, no. they're just good, really good football players. Yeah. Their their whole thing was work their ass off during the week, play the game, then party hard for two days. Yeah, and they really like some of them that knew. Okay, I'm not going to be one of the better, higher paid players in the O and I'm going to be a fringe player or a good player in a lower league. Yeah. Their whole thing was I'm just working hard to burn off the partying. 
Yeah. And I'm partying to burn off the stress of working hard. Yeah. But they were just trying to stay neutral. Level. <laughs> Level. Well, I suppose whatever works for you, hey. Yeah. Um, I feel like, yeah, for me, I'm more accountable because I probably got more variables that add in. So if I don't look after what goes into my body well, it can make me feel really sick. Yeah. So that will then mean that if I'm turning up to go to the gym or something, then what I can do is less or less effective. So yeah. it's sort of a reference point to that more. Like, so you're kind of, in a way, always exposed to that asymmetric risk of what goes into the body or the yeah. behaviours because yeah. whatever the negative outcome is for a normal person, it can be more acute for you. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. And um, and that just is because I was on massive amounts of medication. Um, the condition that I have basically attacked my stomach and internal side we, of things. Did, sorry, Mel. We, did we talk about in the last episode for people that listened to episode 50 that this is not something that just mysteriously disappeared either? You're managing the after effects at that time on a daily basis still. Did yeah. We, did we I, talk about that? No, we didn't because we just went validation. Validation. <laughs> well, with many more F words, I think, at the time. Yeah. Um, no, it's just a, I, I suppose it's almost harder now, I think, for people to understand because I look quite healthy. Yeah. Um, but I have to manage a lot of things. And when I say I have to manage a lot of things, it's part of the parcel now. Yeah. Um, but it still is limiting on uh, different factors within my life, like social things and all that sort of stuff, which I don't always like to have the conversation because it exposes a lot of past stuff. If I'm there in a collective and go sort of, oh, I can't really eat that, they think you're fussy or anything like yeah. that, but it's much more intertwined than that. Yeah. But, yeah, I have to move every day. So maybe there's a, there is a massive fear of going back to being, I, I, I would say uh, medically, like all my conditions are alleviated and managed. I would, you know, in, you know, I've got a good ki- kidney capacity now. Um, there's nothing really wrong. I've just got to keep monitoring myself, but I have to, to keep my body working because of all the toll it had. Basically, like an old restored classic car, I yeah. reckon, where, yeah. you know, it might take me a little bit longer. Maybe to a classic tractor. Kick that, the that motor did a lot going. Of hard work back in the day. Kick <laughs> the motor going, or, you know, you have to, it, it maybe doesn't have all the parts the same as what you turned up with, but um, just have to put a bit of TLC into it to make sure it keeps going every day. And talking about just sticking with things, getting back to Bernadette, obviously. Through the episode, people would have heard how much. Um, amazing woman. The build up, yeah, the build up was really years and years in the making to get yeah. to the point where she could handle something like a COVID and still be able to produce this show that's coming up. Do you know what really? Like, I don't think a rookie person in the business could have been thrown something like a COVID shutdown no. to like a rookie media company and just said, okay, I'm going to fight through this and still produce something. No. Um, She's very resilient, which is what I really like about yeah. her. And the thing that really resonated with me is how much you could see and probably I hope that it comes across in her voice, 
how much she really just wanted to help people. Like she was very emotional about it. It definitely, obviously there's a byproduct of you've done all this really good stuff, but there's a investment into people there, which I felt was really cool. I guess for lack of a better term, kind of heartwarming. (laughs) It was my heart, which is really warm. I reckon lukewarm. It got a bit tepid. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's it. So, speaking of lukewarm, we don't like lukewarm coffees. We like them kind of hot. We do like them kind of hot. I like mine extra hot. Have yeah, you, you noticed? I do. And just as someone, I never used to make coffees other than early in my hospitality days. I used to have to make the free ones on the gaming floor. Yeah. Anyone that asks for a specific temperature, I'm going to give you some advice for people like Mel. If you want a nice coffee, just take it as is. Don't ask for a specific temperature because it's going to either end up burnt or... Yeah, look. Um, you're going to end up with half as much sugar in there as you should have. People like to mess with coffees that where people request specific temperatures. I just want what I want. And do you know what? I'd happily make it my own, for myself. Just pop around the back of the desk. Yeah. Just jump out of the way, yeah. love. I, do you know the reason why I like it really hot? It's because I just like to sip it. I don't like okay. sculling it. And it's also to do with... Taking too much in at once. Oh, so, that's it. That yeah. makes sense. I've never thought about it, but yeah. as soon as you're saying it, I'm like, because you can draw out your intake for a longer period yeah. before it gets cold. And I don't tolerate too much fluid at once. Yeah, okay. So Wonderful. there you go. We might leave today at that. So, no, no, no. One more thing. Okay, fire away. So I've since found out oh, yes, this that is this is very important. So this fashion, fashion show that is happening, which is... I've I've learnt another word, avant-garde. Avant-garde, okay. Yeah, there That's you go. A good one. That's yeah. a fancy, fancy word. Yeah. It's actually sold out at the moment, and this is due to COVID restrictions. But there is a wait list that's been created because we're hoping, well, they're hoping that by the time that this happens next week, there will be more seats available. So put your name on the guest list, and you'll be contacted if more seats become available. So. F- in case there's an increase in potential, like overall numbers, and or I guess there could be people that cancel or have other plans. Yep. And move. Yeah, maybe because so. you were pretty strict on, um, Bernie was pretty strict on, if you're not well, yeah. please don't so, come. Yeah, definitely yeah. get on that waiting list if you're interested in what you heard today. Yeah. Go Fashion Show on Facebook. They have a dedicated page to that. They do have a dedicated, and it's, we're on it. We are. Yep. Excellent. Yep. Yeah, we are. That's a great yeah, photo. Yeah. Also, we're on Facebook just with punching sideways. So yep. we're finally on there. Are we? We are. Pun- I haven't really promoted it because it was going to kind of be with this episode. Okay. So, well, that's cool. So Obviously. you'll find that if you've listened this far in, we're on there. We're I'd, all learning, guys. We'd love for you to be one of our first people to like the page. It's been a long time coming. Mel's work on the artwork got us there. We finally got all the assets and we might also steal Bernadette's I, picture. I am the asset. You are the asset. That's <laughs> Thank correct. Thank you very much. And you can go to punchingsideways.com to listen, click play, share an episode and or buy us a coffee with the button there. Yeah. And just in case you're wondering, it really does make a difference because I wouldn't have been able to afford to pay for artwork variations or the hosting of the website yeah. without the support because I just collected all that money up. Yeah together and it paid for most of our new artwork without me having to basically come out of pocket. And thanks, guys, because yeah. I, I made it still blow, more yeah, well, the harder, asset, the hard, assets harder than what it could have yeah. been. It ended up being worth it, though. Sometimes you've got to go through the rigmarole of creative things. Of dealing with Mel. Of dealing yeah. with Mel's. Yeah. I've been in bands and I was always that guy. I was the musical Mel. <laughs> 
That's not good enough. No, nah, do it again. Yeah, right. Yeah, so don't don't ever worry about being a Mel. <laughs> <laughs> right, guys. Thank you, and see you later. Laters.